They said it all happened too fast, too soon. He was the first kid in the juniors to grow full pubic chest and underarm hair, and the first to fashion his long dark locks into plaits, weave ornamental dream catchers into his beard and start chain smoking gouloirs. He was the first to breed French bulldogs and train falcons to swoop down through classroom windows, snatch up a full complement of chalk sticks and release them over the school car park. They would do this promptly three or four minutes before the end of class bell, preventing the chalking up of the homework instructions. By home time, all the teachers' cars would be peppered with constellations of white specks, with the occasional dent in the bodywork, cracked sunroof or chipped windscreen. But never his car, a red 77 Porsche 924. He was the first in the infants to learn to drive, which he claimed to have done in under a week, by hot wiring and stealing vehicles in the dead of night, driving them round empty back streets and returning them refueled to their driveways before dawn. He was the first to pull up to the school gates in the freshly waxed Porsche, with what we took to be a spindly but well manicured year sixer in the passenger seat, touching up her crimson lipstick in the sun visor mirror. 
He was the first to turn up like this, tossing his keys to the janitor as he opened the door for his date, who, unbeknownst to us at the time, was actually the school treasurer. He was the first to profiteer from the pubescent insecurities of the year sixes, selling collagen supplements to the girls, a corrective remedy to the tissue scarring caused by the hours spent on his tanning beds, a suite of which he'd had installed in the defunct boiler room of the derelict Homec block. Its chipped red bricks covered with lichen and creeping ivy that had to be hacked away from the splintered window boardings when they were prized open each spring. The hastily chopped vine causing localised outbreaks of contact dermatitis on the girl's hands and knees. A treatment for which he'd happily supplement to the collagen order for a small additional charge. And he was also the first to exploit the adolescent social stratification of the year six boys, acting as crooked croupier to their lunch break poker games, siding with a favorite, and through a combination of false shuffles and twitching facial signals, he'd caused the boys' winnings to pile up, only to switch accomplice at the last minute, causing the boy in question to lose everything, and his new favorite to gather up all his winnings and take off to the canteen for a double lunch. It was with this that he was able to instill a volatile mix of gambling compulsion and eating disorder in the increasingly fraught emotional makeup of the fraternity. And he was the first to farm the playing fields, planting tobacco in long rows, installing a complex irrigation system, and putting indebted peers to work at harvest time, cropping and stacking in drying houses, and then rolling in makeshift production lines all through the winter, the premium Corona Deluxe cigars that would flood the playgrounds and staff rooms of the neighboring schools, forcing competitors' prices down until their businesses were wrecked, cartels unraveled, kingpins defecting. He was the first kid in the juniors to single-handedly orchestrate a county-wide monopoly on all forms of vice in the inter-school network. And he was the first to fight extradition to the academies, who wanted their piece of flesh after he had crippled their black markets and stunted the flow of income to the tier of consultants charged with overseeing the special measures designed to turn the failing institutions around. And, to the dismay of the whole school, after the ramped up legal efforts of the academy's social studies departments, he was the first in the juniors to lose his extradition battle first to be snatched up from his lodgings in the dead of night by a band of jobbing rugby coaches, bundled into a minibus and driven to an unmarked warehouse, a 40-minute trudge from an Ofsted operations centre just off Junction 12 of the M6.
and he was the first to wake up, bound and gagged, bloodied and dry-mouthed, beard shaven and hair shorn, wrists and ankles tied with his own bootlaces to a high-backed Windsor armchair, and he was the first to see, in the soft glow of the room's dusty air, teachers. Not from the academies, but from his own school. They had sunglasses, dark scowls and switchblades, and they were furious. Not just about the Bulldogs and the Falcons and the Chalk and the Porsche and the Collagen and the Gambling and the Cigars and the regional monopoly over all forms of vice. But on the most part, it turned out about the Dreamcatchers. last. 